Okay, be honest. How much of your work and effort right now is to prove to somebody else that you can do it? Well, we got Melissa Machat on the episode today to bring us through her story of going from proving it to owning it. It's episode 76 of No Boring Stories. Let's get into it. Welcome to the No Boring Stories podcast. You know that you can use storytelling to captivate your audience, clarify your message, and grow your business and impact like never before. And that's why I'm here. Each episode bringing you transformative stories, expert storytellers, and my signature storytelling tools all to help you tell a better story. Because there's no such thing as boring stories, just boring storytellers. I'm your host, Alex Street, and while I love acting and have dreamed of being in musicals all my life, there's one glaring thing missing from my skill set, and that is the ability to sing. Can't sing a note. Totally tone deaf, baby. Well, today on the show, we have a one-time musical theater star uh, and uh, now showing up using all her skill sets in all her ways and bringing all the energy to this conversation today. It is Melissa Machat. She is an entrepreneur and a speaker who founded Realign Coaching and Consulting to help empower and teach entrepreneurs how to create and scale an aligned life and business. She has an expertise in mindset, strategy, and growth. She has exploded businesses uh, to go beyond whatever money goals she dreamed of. And she is now sitting here trying to help entrepreneurs in all ways around these issues of mindset and what is really holding you back. Hers is a story that you are going to connect with if you have ever, and this is everybody, but find yourself in this if you have ever found yourself doing something to try to fit in, to try to get recognized, to prove to somebody else that you can do it. Hers is a story of living through that and now standing in a place of ownership. And you are going to love this conversation if you find yourself there, you are frustrated with that mindset, and you want to break out of it. This is the conversation for you. So let's get right into it. Here is my conversation with Melissa Machat. We've got Melissa Machat in the house today. Melissa, how are you doing? I'm so excited to be here, Alex. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. (laughs) (laughs) It is such a joy. We have obviously, we've done some work together, you and I. uh, We did your story work. We went through the process of story coaching over the last few months together. And so I'm excited to kind of, you know, put this to the test. I guess, like to, to put more pressure on this, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see this, uh, this baby fly, um, and to, to really get into it. And, and I mean, ultimately we're here because doing that work, I became even more fascinated in your story and how you got to be who you are now and how you're shaping the world now. And this is like so many other stories a fascinating story to tell and I'm excited to get into it to have you here. Thank you. I know I'm like, I'm going to cry already and we haven't even started yet. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Here we go. Okay. Well, let's, let's have some fun right off the top because you said, uh, one of your favorite stories of all time, all the stories that you've ever heard. One of them was ever after (laughs) the, the Cinderella story starring Drew Barrymore. Of course. Yes. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh Where she puts on a, a fabulous British accent. 
throughout about half the movie. Um, and, but then you also said you also said Les Mis, and we need to talk about Les Mis because that is one of, if not the greatest musical experience ever. I don't know. My parents took me to see it when I was four years old, and I remember falling asleep. But I've seen it many times since. What stands out to you about that story for you? Uh, okay, so I am a musical theater lover. I grew up in dance uh-huh. and musical theater. I was a theater major. So just to give some context why my favorite stories would revolve around musicals, that's yeah, that's why. Uh, so with Les Mis, I feel like in high school, Eponine was like me, right? On my mm-hmm. own, like all, all of the things in my story that will probably come out today, I feel like I just resonated with her so much. And she wanted love and wanted to be seen and was willing to do whatever it took. And like, yes, there's all these other stories in Les Mis and it's great, but Eponine was like my, that was mine. And I actually got to, uh, like I was in stage management. And so when it was touring in LA, I saw it multiple times and, you know, cried the entire time. That was literally me in high school. The guy I loved, didn't love me back all the things. Right. And, uh, I actually got to work backstage. So I, on the tour, I got to go one time and like follow them around and be on the set and be in it. And it was just, and it's, this is actually funny because I'm sure it'll come out later, but people that I was trying to prove my worth to happened to coincidentally be sitting in the audience that night Mm. behind my family. And they were like, where's Melissa? And they're like, oh, she's backstage. And like that for me was like this proving moment of like, I've made it, you know, which is hilarious because no, but I thought you would appreciate that that piece of it because you know. You know where we're going with this. So, yep. <laughs> For sure. But I love the whole thing with even there's beautiful teasing happening here where we're like, this is where we're going with the story about about proving it and and wanting love and wanting something that wasn't there. But the fact that it comes so naturally out of this character attachment that you had. And I think that's what's so fun about this. Just asking this very simple question. What story did you like? And the amount of times that I've had this conversation with people where they'll say you know, whatever random movie or show or book it is. And it's because there's some sort of attachment. They found themselves in this character story. Mm-hmm. And then that, as you just open that up, you're like, well, here's Eponine. She's got, you know, she's one sixteenth of the main cast. Maybe, I don't know. There's The story is massive. But her small element of that is your story. Mm-hmm. And that, just saying that allows us now this like entry into your life that otherwise we didn't have, but it was like such a simple thing that you just did that brought us in. And I think we just need to recognize how, how easy and significant that is at the same time. Right. That's such a good point. Now I like my mind is just like racing with all this stuff. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I don't know who, I'm trying to think, who do I find myself in, in that story? Probably one of the, um, one of the 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 guys. Oh, what's his name? Oh, uh, what's the song in Red Black? They're like um, the guy who's like leading the charge oh. for the revolution. Yes, Mary. Yeah, there, I know. There's so We're many. Like... It's it's a lot. Yeah, don't don't actually quiz like my knowledge of every I hope... single thing, right? Because all I really cared about was happening. Ah, <laughs> uh, there you go. I hope somebody's listening to this and is shouting the name out. Uh, right now, that's that's the desire that I have. We've been singing Les Mis for some reason, like crazy around the house. It's these like days. the most and beautiful music ever. I mean, it's just I all know. of it. 
It's so good. Trying to get my daughter into it. She she's we introduced her to musical theater with Hamilton and now we've done Come From Away. And so we're trying to get her into Lamez. So she'll be there soon. <laughs> but here we go. So for you in finding yourself in Eponine and um I mean translating your own story, we will go through the journey of what that is here in this conversation, but Introduce us to who you are now. As you sit here showing up to us now, what do you do? Who are you? What's the main work that you're bringing to the world right now at this day? It's so funny you ask that because I feel like that would be the easier part of the question versus like where I came from in the story. And I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. so very much in it right now of like where I'm going and what I'm doing and owning all of it that it's it's still so like new in a way. So I would say Mm. it really is like leading and empowering and inspiring others to create life and business on your terms. Like that's, that's it in a nutshell. And that is done through the inner work and the mindset, but it's also the strategy and the skill and leadership and learning how to build a business. So Currently, I do run a real estate team that I no longer personally sell in, which is so exciting, which was a goal for Mm -hmm. many, many, many years. And uh, somehow we still managed to do over 500,000 in in commission last year, which is insane because everyone told me if you stop selling, you're going to crash and burn. (laughs) So, Uh uh, and the reason it happened is because of the people I have around me and the people that are part of my life in business. So that is one huge piece of my life. And it has freed up my time to now focus on my new business, Realign Coaching and Consulting, where I love to teach and speak and help other leaders realign their business and life on their terms. So yeah, this is what's so fun for me to hear you say this is I can see it almost it like it it feels like it is it's forming even as you say it right here like there's this there's this ner- correct me if i'm wrong here there's like almost this nervousness that like if i speak this out right here it <laughs> becomes reality and like i know it but like i'm still it's like practicing it's you know like when you get married and you're like my my wife my husband like you're like it's still i'm still getting used to it to saying that is that kind of what that feels like as you as you just describe what you do? Yes, because I feel like there's been so much in our work and transformation. And, and even since the last time we, we've had a session together, I'm like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. you even know the, the insanity that's happened over the past couple months. Like, it's still so fresh and new that depending when you ask me, my answer like a month ago could have been completely different where I was like, still figuring it out. I'm not sure. It's more strategy. It's mindset. It's skills. It's all these things. And I'm not quite sure how they all fit together, but that's what I'm learning is that it's all me. It's all a part of it. It's not making a decision on like one thing. Like that's not, Mm. that's, that's usually what screws us all up to be honest is trying to niche down and put ourselves in a box and who do we serve and all those things that are in this entrepreneur space that honestly messed with my head and messed with me in a, in a beautiful way. Cause it got me here, but like, mm-hmm. my goodness, the, the, the journey it's been right. Of just like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know who am I? <laughs> what? Okay. This is important. Yeah. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll unpack that in your specific journey, but I think what you're saying there is, is really important because what I just heard was 
this effort to niche down to put yourself in a box is uh, has been e- exhausting for you. Ty- ty- like so. So what else are we supposed to do? What have you discovered is you know the alternate path to take? So the first thing I want to say about that is it really depends on you. Like this is not a generic statement for everyone because for some people it is beneficial for them to niche down and get super laser focused. That's what works best for them. For me, that is not like the more I'm, you know, this, the more someone tries to put me in a box, the more I will kick Mm -hmm. and scream and no, I want to be all the things. So for multi-passionate, multi-faceted humans, which we all are, Mm -hmm. it's like to try and narrow it down and pick one thing when we are all the things I have Mm -hmm. so much context and complexity and like all these different, even pieces of my story. And what I've realized is I've been trying to like, okay, I have to be professional and I need to be over here. So I need to show up in a certain way in order to, you know, show that I'm serious and to be taken seriously. Yeah. But that doesn't come into like play, like who I am and like, like my past and my background. And like, I forgot like how to even have fun. I don't know what fun is anymore. Like, what is this? And I'm like, like people used to tell me that, like, you were so much more fun, like in high school. And I'm like, well, that's sad. <laughs> like what happened? The hippie days. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, what happened? <laughs> so, so yeah. So I think for me, it's not so much like, okay, who do I help? And like, yes, that's important, but like, it's, it's more than that. And I'm realizing the more I'm me, the more mm-hmm. the right people will hear me and come to me anyway. It's more like a magnet instead of like, let me go find people. Like I'm actually meant to be a magnet and I didn't know that. Oh, (laughs) come on. I meant to be a magnet and I didn't know that. I think that's, I mean, look in the spirit of Les Mis, that's the revolution that we're, we're going through right now. And I am, uh, maybe that's why, you know, I'll see myself as, as in that role as this person, um, in some way standing at the front of that line saying, this isn't about guessing who to speak to and how you're going to find them. This is about going deeper into who you are first. And as you embrace that, you will show up with a whole new confidence and authenticity and awareness and clarity that will inevitably attract, magnetize whoever needs you. And it seems like that's the path that you're on right now. Is that right? Yes. And it's, it's like, I heard it and I knew it, but I wasn't fully mm-hmm. getting it. And like, I'm not even getting, it happened like in the past week where I was like, or maybe even like two days where I was like, oh, I think I see that. Like, I think I actually am starting to get this now. Like, is there a moment attached to that, that you can share with us that, that kind of brought that to light or is it too fresh, too real, too raw? Mm, I am. Okay. Give me a second. <laughs> like there's been, there's been a lot, there's been a lot of triggers. There's been a lot of things coming up where I am just like going back in this loop again. I honestly think I might've even been yesterday, to be honest, like that's time for you mm-hmm. right now. I don't even know what's happening, but like there was this moment where I'm like, why am I stuck in this loop? I felt like I was in this loop and in this pattern. And it's like, I'm, I'm very self-aware and I do the inner work and I love mindset and digging deep and all this, all this, you know, I'm in NLP. Like I, I get this stuff. I love this stuff, but why in the world can I not break this one loop of just going right back to the same story, the same 
thing of like, why isn't this new business working the way I thought? How come, you know, I'm doing all these things and I keep doing, I keep doing, right. Keep doing all these things, but like, it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like it's working and now it's okay. Well, do you trust, do you have this full trust in yourself? And it's like, how are you talking about? Like, yeah, sure. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Like I just, but like, why aren't I seeing results? Like it, it's not okay to me. There was something that like, wasn't okay. And I have a lot of support. I have a lot of coaches right now. I'm in a lot of a mentorship and I was kind of, and I honestly, I, I pulled Oracle cards and I was journaling and like, what, like why kind of like, which is disempowering by the way, why does this keep happening is very like a mm-hmm. disempowering question. Mm-hmm. And something hit me and it, it really was yesterday. That's so funny. It feels like a month ago. So yesterday it was like, oh my gosh, the reason this is happening is because I've been trying to prove it again. It's like this transition of going into owning it, but I was still seeking external validation. I was still trying to fit in. I was still trying to like look cool and do all these things, but like, why can't I just be happy with what I've built? Like, I don't want to go work in this way. Yeah. It's still fresh. So I'm trying to like figure out how to make this concise, but it was basically the inner, it was an inner conflict. Like part of me wanted one thing and part of me wanted the other, but I didn't realize they were fighting each other. And you, this is, it's brilliant because I think what, uh, again, what, what I'm hearing is, is here you sit clear and confident in defining what you do, how you show up right now, your main work that you're bringing to the world. And then, you know, then we just a couple minutes after that, it's this and just yesterday, I was seeing this transformation, this conflict happen all over again. This big transformation that I've been through my entire life happen is is happening currently, right now. And I think that, Melissa, that is actually such, uh, you talk about disempowering language, why is this always happening to me? For you to claim that, for you to say that, that yes, I see what's happening here. And it's, it's the same thing happening over again. Mm -hmm. There's, I understand there's a frustration in that. And I think that there's also a celebration in that of recognizing that, oh, yeah, because you're going through that, we can also see that we're going through a transformation constantly. And we're going through the same one. And if if your big transformation is from proving it to owning it. And if right now you're like, I'm stuck in this proving it mentality, then the good news is you know that you can get to this place of owning it and showing up in that way because it's happened all your life. And I'll just put it this way. When we realized the proving, right? Like this proving it to owning it, which is working together, what really did come out loud and clear And then I think what happened is it actually sent me on a journey of showing me all the areas where I still wasn't owning it. Mm. Like I said, I wanted to own it this year for whatever reason, things come through, messages come through, right? Words come through, people pick a word Mm -hmm. of the year. To me, it's not a conscious thing. What do I want my word this year to be? Just for some reason, it's like, own it, own it, right? If there's any housewife found, I feel like a Lisa Rinna, like (laughs) own it, right? Like it's, I'm a Bravo obsessed person. Anyway, musicals and Bravos, that, that Bravo, <laughs> that's me in a nutshell. So um, <laughs> anyway, but like that just kept coming through. And I was like, I know I need to own my power. I know I need to own who I am. I know this, like, again, consciously, I know this, but what I found the past couple months is been 
okay, let's bring it all up to the forefront because if you want to own it, here we go. And I had mm-hmm. no clue what I was claiming or what was about to happen or what was about to mm-hmm. unfold. And I really believe like that's what's happening right now. And why I say like, I'm still so in it, but the, the aha, the huge realization that came through literally in the last 24 hours, I was still doing things for others. I was not doing it for me. And I was like, what the hell? I thought I had this figured out. I thought I was doing it for myself. I thought I'm doing all these things that do light me up and excite me. But underlying it all was this energy of still proving it, still wanting to belong, still wanting to fit in, still doing all these things for external validation and not because it just makes me so happy. I'm coming from overflow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, no wonder, <laughs> like, here we go. That, that word, that word still, that's mm-hmm. like, that's deadly, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like when, when you hear people claim, I'm still doing this and it's always done in this deflating kind of still, still. Um, and I mean, there's that it, it can go both ways of like, I'm still here or this idea of stillness is actually like mm-hmm. calmness and you feel like nothing's happening. It's just still. And on the flip side, you can be like, yeah, but I'm still showing up. Mm-hmm. And actually, that stillness is beautiful to be in that calm place. So there's this like two sides of the same coin there on this word that I think are, are is so important. And what you're bringing, again, in, in opening this up is a solidarity for all of us to find ourselves in to say, okay, good. It's so good to hear somebody else say that though they have recognized their transformation, they're also still going through it every day. And it's an ongoing journey. I'm learning that too. (laughs) Exactly. Thank goodness. Otherwise the story would be over and you wouldn't be here right now. So as long as the story is still going, the transformation is still happening. For you saying, you know, you want to help people define life on their terms. Is that about ownership? Is that, is that like, is that the word? Is that it's taking ownership of your life, your circumstances? Is that Yeah, it's taking ownership, but I I really feel like where this is all going back to is stop listening to what everyone is telling us it should be and what society is conditioning us that it means to be successful and tying our self-worth to achievements and how much money we make and like, like stop listening to the noise and, and come back to you, come back to who you are. So yes, it's ownership, but it's like, Yeah, it's not the responsibility ownership piece of it. It's more like owning you. Like, what do you want? And it's okay, whatever that answer is. So where does the importance of that begin for you? When you think back to your story beginning you as a as a kid, as a teen early in your story, this idea of other people's expectations or the boxes that you were put into or hearing the noise or not owning who you are, what shows up early on for you uh, around that, this desire to, to, to be yourself, but not being able to like, what, what shows up there? It's funny. Cause I feel like I've always been this like rebel rule breaker, weirdo, do it on my own. Like I, you know, as a little kid, I was making, I, you know, thought I was, you know, magical and had magical powers. And I was just always this like, just storytelling. I don't know. I lived in like some alternate universe, I feel like. Right. And I wanted to be 
special and unique and stand out. And I was just me and I just did not care. And I had this confidence and somewhere along the way, you know, again, I grew up in theater and I was auditioning for things and and rejected quite a bit. And I think Uh being friends get cast in things and I didn't like there was, there was this thing that started building. And I also grew up in a very wealthy area, but like my family wasn't, I was like on the other side of like the street. Right. Like, which is funny because I'm very, very privileged and fortunate in all the things, but where I grew up, it just, it felt like lack all the time. And I saw, you know, parents or whoever, like family, like struggling. And I was surrounded by very wealthy, privileged people who were handed everything. And I, I somehow just determined that like, I'm not, I made up rules. Like I'm never going to rely on somebody else for money. I'm, I'm independent. I'm going to do it myself. I don't need it handed to me. I can prove that I can do it on my own and I don't need you. And that was just kind of my theme of life. <laughs> so this cut, it's, it's amazing, right? There's this, it's, it's almost seems like a subtle shift and something to celebrate. And yet it became a barrier where you're like, I went from this confident kind of, I'm in my own world. I I am alone. It is, it, look, it's just me. You don't know what's going on in here mm-hmm. kind of uh, life. Um, to proving I don't need anybody else. I don't need the handouts. I don't need the support. I can do this on my own. And that seems like, again, I, I say on some level, that sounds like a, a, a progression, but it became this desire, This it became a need to prove. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because I grew up hustling and I had multiple jobs and I've always been obsessed with making money and I want to have my own money. And it was, it's very money driven. Like I will prove I'm good enough and that I do fit in and that I am, you know, accepted for who I am by succeeding and achieving. And like, that's the way to do it. And I was always surrounded by very wealthy, but also very smart people. I somehow ended up at you know, USC. And I was a theater major. My husband is computer science, electrical engineer. All my friends were getting their MBAs and going to law school and they were, I transferred in. Okay. Like they were ridiculously smart. They could like not show up to class (laughs) and like still do well. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, I just didn't pay attention in high school. Like that was, I was in rehearsal, right? Like my life was literally like I don't need to pay attention in school because I have dance class in rehearsal. <laughs> so what, what was that? What was that desire to be on stage for you or to be mm-hmm. to be involved in the production? Like, where did you find life in that? That's like as long as I can remember before even my earliest memories. I've always been like singing, dancing, performing, mm-hmm. like Apparently my first dance recital at two and a half, three years old, I like threw a temper tantrum and refused to go on stage. It was like in a park, you know, like little dancers, like in a park and I like wouldn't go on and I refused. And my parents are the most amazing, supportive, beautiful people in the world. And they're like, it's okay. We'll go get ice cream. Right. Like, don't worry about it. And then I did the entire performance by myself in Baskin Robbins. Like, like I wanted it just to be, it was about me. Right. (laughs) Like that's. Mm. So there's something there. It was like my happy place being on stage, performing expression, all the things like that was my dream was to be on Broadway. Like that was because it. this is where I love because we connect on this level so deeply. And I, I, I've as I kind of look back at my story and growing up in the theater, I think of I guess the reason behind it, the thing that really attracted me to it was 
there's something about being under the lights mm -hmm. that I learned as a kid that was kind of exciting, but it was specifically about like when I was backstage and listening to my mom on stage mm -hmm. and I could hear her and how the audience reacted to her. And I was like, holy crap, we can, we can have that kind of impact. We can make people, we can do that. Like as humans, as actors, as, as performers. And so there's something that attracted me to it to the point where it's like, I want this to be my career. I want this to be, this is the thing I'm going to do forever. Uh, and it was about the impact on the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't mean to say that to, to sound like it's not about me. It's about the audience because as I've done work, I'm like, yeah, but it's actually, it's, it's still about us. Of course. <laughs> but yes, I hear you. <laughs> And so is that what it was? You're like, I just wanted to do it in Baskin Robbins. So I, but was it, you know, you're so young then, but the, as this carried through, was it this idea of, of being there, of, of supporting the other cast? Was it about something with the audience, a relationship there? Was it about you pushing yourself to the limit? What was it kind of in high school and even into university that, that kept you in the game? It's so funny because I don't think there was really thought behind it or here's why I'm doing this. It's just all I knew. And like it, it, nothing even else like came to mind, like growing up in dance class and rehearsals and, you know, regional theater performing what a youth group, whatever it was like, that just was, that was just my life. And I, again, I'm very lucky. My dad is an artist. It's more like, you know, painting, but he also was a drummer and music. And apparently this is like part of my DNA. Like it goes back. I had like, looking back, I never, you know, got to meet them, but there was opera singers and performers like in my entire like family history. So it's just, it's yeah. funny because I don't, it wasn't something that was just like conscious, right. It wasn't like, yeah. I'm going to do this. It was kind of like, I mean, this is just what I'm going to do. Like, course you know it didn't so did that shift in the same this is this is I guess what I think this is all leading to so you had this natural kind of like just talk about you as 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 a person you had this natural confidence to kind of be you and then some somewhere along the way that shifted to this need to prove that you can do it on your own did that show up in the same way in the, this performance aspect this theater aspect where at some point you were doing it just for the love of the game did that shift at some point to be oh, I need to earn something here. I need to earn respect or or something more through that. Or did it always stay kind of pure in that, you know, delivery performance as you, as you did that? It's a good question. I feel like something shifted in high school where I stopped getting cast or I didn't make it as part of like, the dancer ensemble, I mm -hmm. got, you know, mm -hmm. like showgirl or something, whatever it was like yeah. stuff started happening. And, and I think this probably all, I mean, of course it does, it all ties together where yeah. I kind of went to like the dark side of rebellion and all the things probably around 16. And I was just kind of had this like super F you attitude. I went from like, mm -hmm. you know, musical theater, my life and everything to more like, uh, I mean, I'm going to, age ourselves for a second but like Daria the cartoon like like she became my role model where I was like f everybody and I hate you all and I don't need you <laughs> like was I that had... MTV was she MTV oh yeah uh-huh that... 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Uh, like <laughs> with Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yes, okay. exactly. Yeah, Daria was like mm-hmm. literally senior yearbook. Like, who's your role model? And it was like me in a photo of Daria Morgendorfer. Like, come on, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So that being said, I think there was this element of if you don't care, I don't care. Like, if you're not going to pay attention to me, or if I'm not going to get cast, or if I'm not a part of it, then like I don't need you. I'm going to go. Like, I don't, I don't care anymore. So that, that did not serve me well, but it was definitely more of this attitude where even though I say theater was my life, it wasn't like I was getting the lead roles and I was so good. And I I knew it was like, I know I'm good and I know I'm good enough to like do this, but like, it's not, again, it's not working or like Mm -hmm. what's wrong with me. Like I kind of had this thing of taking it personal and like, just kind of putting up this wall of like, well, then I don't care. So even in college, it was like, I don't want to be auditioning and, and there's nothing wrong with waiting tables and auditioning, but it was just like, I don't want that. And so what else can I do? I was always very adaptable and always very like, like I'll figure out a way if there's a will, there's a way Mm -hmm. like my tenacity and willpower is like, it's a real thing. And so I got into stage management, like, okay, if I can't be on stage, I can at least be backstage. And I ended up interning for casting agencies. And I was now all of a sudden behind the table in auditions and seeing all the people who mm-hmm. weren't very nice to me auditioning. And I'm like, well, this is kind of fun. So there was definitely like this element of proving it in that way of like, yeah, see, I don't have to be good enough to be the star, but now I'm like part of casting and I'm part of creating this production and it was like yeah. a different element of feeling needed or feeling important that, yeah, that was a few years after. Well, I think, and again, this is where it's so relatable with, with this story. Yes, it's your story. And it's, it's also our story because those people are listening to this that are going to find themselves in this and, and feel that and now start to recognize, no kidding. That's the shift that happened for me too. Like at some point this became about recognition uh, this became about, do they see me uh, rather than can I do this? Right. Like it's, yeah. it's, there's this internal drive that turned into an external motivation. And as you're describing this specifically, again, through this kind of theater journey, where I think it's so interesting is because as you said, of course, this is relatable to all the different aspects of your life where you step into this role as a stage manager and you're like, oh yeah, look at me now baby. And it's about recognition. Do you see where I'm sitting? Do you see the power that I have now? Hey, you want something for free that's going to help you with your speaking? Here it is. When I started out speaking, I had no confidence. Eyes locked on my notes or off on a wild tangent, fidgeting and pacing all around the stage. I wasn't getting asked to speak where I wanted to, and I felt like I was wasting my time and my audience's time. So, You're booked for a workshop or a keynote and the date is fast approaching or you're hoping to land some speaking gigs as extra income and you don't know where to begin. If you don't get extra help, you'll be embarrassed, you'll waste your time and you'll lose relational connections. And I'm sure that you can be a more confident speaker and transform your audience. That's why I created the Make Speaking Magical video course. During my 20 years of speaking to crowds, I've learned five main tricks that help me walk on stage with confidence and make sure my message sticks. I've been repeatedly asked back by event organizers, spoken at workshops about these tricks and coached individuals on putting these techniques into their talks to give them confidence before a nerve wracking presentation. 
So whether you're speaking on a big stage or on camera or on a podcast or around the dinner table, the Make Speaking Magical video course will give you everything you need to speak with confidence and transform your audience. And right now, I'm giving away two modules of the seven module course for free so that you can learn to connect with your audience and then really put all this into motion to make your speaking magical. Go ahead, get two modules of the course for free right now just by going to my website, alexstreet.ca. You can find it there or find the link on my bio in my Instagram. Hurry though, because this is only going to be available for a limited time. Where does ownership come into it? At what point along the way, you know, whether it's again through that journey and then getting into real estate, getting into building this company and getting to where you are now, at what point does that shift or points did that begin to shift to become uh, a recognition of your own state of being and, and, and owning that completely? I would say it, it does tie into real estate. So I, I moved to Vegas at 24 years old. I wanted to audition for shows instead of going to New York. Cause now I had a, a boyfriend who's not my husband. He would never go to New York, but I was like, Las Vegas is affordable. And, Cause we were in LA at the time, you know, it's affordable yeah. and, and cost of living and look at all the shows and I want to audition and dance again. I miss being on stage. Like I really want to go back and like, and do that. And so we, we moved to Vegas and uh, I got a job dealing cards in a casino because, again, I always had random jobs to pay the bills. And so I became a blackjack dealer in a party pit in downtown Las Vegas. So I just I have lots of interesting jobs and stories, but <laughs> so many skills like I just imagine like you're at a party and so he's like, I don't know, what do you want to play cards? And you, you just pull out a deck and like you do this, fan them out. You're like, did somebody say blackjack? <laughs> the best part is that. I just, I learned on a live game. I didn't even go to dealer school. I told them I, there's no way I could do this. I don't know math. I was a theater major. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't know any of this. Like I just threw myself in situations because I needed to make money. But I had this rule that by the time I was 25, I needed to either be on Broadway or a national tour, or I was getting a real job. That was like my, like, that was it. And everyone around me, like I said, was now MBA salaried. Like I was working probably 80 hours a week, five jobs, show to show, running around just to pay my bills, just to make like, I think I made less than $30,000 living in LA, working professionally in theater and still like barely able to get by. And then I had a boyfriend and my friends who had paid vacation and sick time and salary. And I was like, why am I working so hard? Like, I love what I do, but like, I'm tired of missing everything. I'm tired of like, again, I have a friend group and now I can't even be with them because I always have a show. Like, and so at basically 24 and a half, whatever it was, I decided to get my real estate license and it was the bottom of the market in Las Vegas. But someone at my blackjack table told me I have the perfect personality for sales and that like, that's where you make all the money. And I was like, well, that's cool. Like I want to, I'm ready to make mm -hmm. money. Right. And so real estate is probably the journey I know I was meant to go on because it got me here, but holy crap. I mean, like the lessons that came out of it, the proving mm -hmm. the, the, money, like it tied everything together where it was the first time in my life, the harder I worked, the more I got paid. And so now all of a sudden you put someone who has proving energy in their life mm -hmm. and has all these friends doing things and 
sees everybody else succeeding and me feeling kind of dumb. And like, I don't, I'm not really like, I don't really know what I'm doing. How could I ever run a business? Like, again, I, I always just had the story of like, I'm a theater person. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. I've never had a salary job. Like the closest I've had to a salary is clocking in at the casino. And I think I got two paid days off and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I've never had a paid day <laughs> off in my life, you know? Is this consistency? This is amazing. <laughs> That's what they call it. <laughs> but like working, yeah, having to like be there at a certain time, just I, it didn't, I hated it. <laughs> so, so you, yeah. and then you step into this, this role that, yeah, as you say, is the harder I work, the more money I make. And if, if it's about recognition or some sort of, again, external motivator, well, now you've got this external uh, like what are the markers that show externally that you in, in this real estate game that you were in, um, what are some of those external markers that somebody would look at this and attribute success or value to you? Was it the size of the team? You know, how many sales you made? Oh, what, yeah. What so real estate, real estate is known for like, what are your goals in commission? How many homes do you want to sell your entire worth, your entire validation, at least the, the circle I was running in. I don't want to generalize mm -hmm. for everybody. Yep. But I got involved in a coaching organization that was very much becoming a machine and consistency. And there's agents doing 50, 75, a hundred deals and making millions of dollars. And I was like, Oh my, like, I'm just real. I'm connecting dots right now to something else. I didn't know it was possible. And mm. I didn't, I didn't, this is totally what just happened in the entrepreneur space. That is so funny. Thank you for this full circle moment. Uh, uh -huh. when I say this, you're gonna be like, yep. I got my real estate license, did not know what I was doing, used my, you know, like natural personality and all the things. And it was easy for me. It just happened. I connected with people. They were giving me leads. I, she's, they literally were just like threw me in the deep end. And I was like, all right, what do I yeah. say? Like, I don't know, figure it out. Like I started booking appointments. I started all of a sudden getting all this business, like and I had mentors and I had help. Absolutely. It wasn't just, I showed up. I didn't know anybody here. Right. So I literally had to hit the ground running, but like I said, I've always hustled and I'll figure it out. And I'm not afraid to talk to people and people were afraid to pick up the phone because they were going to be rejected. And I was like, that's not rejection. Someone hanging up on you or cussing you out because you bothered them, like go audition and get cut because you suck. Like that's a different level, mm -hmm. you know? So it was just very natural for me. And when a couple years in, I got involved in this coaching organization, it was like maybe yeah, two, three years in, and then I saw yeah, what yeah. was possible. And then I saw these people in suits and they were professional and they had these massive businesses and they were making all this money and it was all about success. And that's when I threw a wrench in everything. Cause instead of doing me, I was like, I don't even own a blaze. I don't own a suit. How can I, how can I be taken seriously and become this listing agent they're talking about? How can I succeed if I don't look like that? If I don't like drive the yeah. fancy car and all the things, right? So my self-worth all of a sudden became, okay, I can prove I can do this. I know I'm capable of doing this. Like I, I want to be one of the superstars. That's literally what they called it. Like the superstars, like yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's when it all was kinda... there something that you remember? Cause again, there's that shift yeah. from this natural kind of confidence and skill and, and joy within it to then I got to fit in or I got to get recognized. I got to be seen. Was that an explicit thing? Like, were there people that, that like, was it, was there something that you saw that was like, nah, if you don't do this, if you don't look like this, then we can't take you seriously. You know what I mean? Like, or is it all in your head? I'm going to 
see a little bit of both. Cause again, depending who you're hanging out with, they're going to tell yeah. you who's the, like, if I didn't know that world existed, I would have just kept doing my own thing. I wouldn't have known any different, but once I got exposed mm. to it and I saw it, I was like, well, I want that. Like there's this piece mm-hmm. of me that's always wanted to belong. And I mean, I am human, right? I think we all do, but like wanting to be seen, wanting to belong, wanting to fit in. And so when I see like, this is what it's going to take. Like I can do it. Like if they can do it, I can do it. And so then I, I lose myself because I'm trying to go like, that's my downfall is trying. <laughs> like the, the moment I'm like, I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to like be the best. I'm trying. Yeah. Like that's again, that's where it, it all goes sideways. And that, that became my life for years. And it, it, took me on a personal development journey that again, I would not be where I am today without it, but yeah, it was all so the feelings that... of not good enough. And why isn't it working and how come they're doing it? And I can't, and I'm working so hard. I like, I sold my soul. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to do all these things. Cause that's what I thought I needed to do and become this person. And now I'm getting recognized and now it's working and now I have money, mm-hmm. but like, why am I miserable? And like, why am I, bur- why do I have no life? And I'm, I'm like, I have no friends anymore. Like I lost everything around me because I was so like, I have to prove that I can do this and because I'm not proving it. That means I suck and I'm not worthy. And maybe this isn't meant for me. And how could I ever own a business if I can't make this work? Like I tied all this meaning to it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good. <laughs> it's so interesting to hear the, 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 the idea of trying as being the downfall, like I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's the, of course, yeah, that makes sense. And then I go to wait, I'm doing things right now that are that are developing new skills in my business that will allow it to expand and grow at levels like I never believed possible. But to do these things, they don't come, let's say, naturally to me. These are skills that I'm learning, and that takes effort. That takes trying new things. So there's there's somewhere along the way where it's try, try again. And then at some point, what you're saying in your story is that trying again, trying became proving uh, or, or became I, I'm trying to be something I'm not. I want to clarify that. Yeah, it's the energy behind the trying, because I'm not saying don't go try new things, but I would call that experiment. You're learning, like even leadership Mm -hmm. I learned is a skill. You have to learn it. Like I didn't get to where I am today by not putting out effort and by not like trying new things. The difference though was, am I trying to make something work that is not meant to work? Like that's the difference. Yeah. Okay. So then where does that shift for you? Like, I know this is, this is recent, right? I mean, you're literally telling us about transformation that's happened as recent as yesterday. What was a shift, the shift that really kind of turned this story from, from proving to this place of owning who you are and, and what you're doing and who you're becoming? I have this tendency to like, hit my head against the wall and keep going and keep going and keep pushing. And like, again, I have this, I have a fire. I have a lot of fire energy, like fire under my butt to like make things happen. Like I will, if there's a will, there's a way I will make it happen. I will figure it out. And so I think that's been this journey and what this full circle, I kind of said it earlier, this full circle moment is like, 
I didn't know this entrepreneurial online coaching space existed. I only knew real estate. I only know re- knew real estate coaching. And I discovered this world when we first met, like back end of 2020. And I didn't know there were people making millions of dollars, let alone hundreds of thousands of dollars, let alone multi-million dollars in this online space. And so what I realized is I went from me doing my own thing and being so excited to start my own. I've always wanted to coach and teach and speak like this is it. I'm going to start this business and do this. And what I realized was I saw a new way and it opened up my mind and I got so excited at the possibility. And then I was like, okay, I want to do that. How do I do that? Let me get in the room where I can go do that. Let me join the masterminds and the coaches and the programs. And I'm starting to throw money at all these things. And and I'm hearing all this noise. And it's not that anyone is wrong. It's not that what people are teaching isn't accurate, but it brought up that proving energy again of like, these people are making six figures in their first year in this new business. And I, why, why am I not like, what's going Mm. on? It brought me right back to that. Like, how come this isn't working for me? Like I'm doing all the things I'm doing what everyone's telling me to do. I'm joining the programs. I have the coaches. I have all this stuff. And I was like, it, something's just like not working the way. Cause I attach at working by the way to money. That's just, that's me. Like if, if I told you, you know, all the things I did, I did a lot. Like I was on all the podcasts. I was guest coaching. I was teaching. I was, I was doing all the things, but like, I didn't see money for it. And therefore it wasn't working. Yeah. And so what my head against the wall is like, what? So, right. So you keep doing that. You're in this new space that feels like all these old spaces that you've been in and you're, you're recognizing maybe at an accelerated rate. Oh no, I'm now in another position where I'm, I don't feel good about this. I don't like what's going on. Something's it's not working. It's not clicking until, until I realized I was trying to fit in and belong again. (laughs) Because, How did that happen? Well, did somebody show that to you? So again, this is this is the filter in my head. So I'm not saying this is what anyone else did or what I realized, but I find in this industry, in this space, there is a lot of tying self-worth and achievement and how much money you're making to credibility, to how successful you are, to it's still a lot of that. So for me, it, I turned it into, if I'm not making money the way I see other people making money, something must be wrong with me. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. I need to do this to prove that I can be in the room, that I can be in the mastermind, that I can be in the friend group, right. That I can be, there's like a piece of like being taken seriously, validation, being seen and, it sounds so ridiculous to say this. And I hope this is resonating with someone because I'm putting it all out there that like, I missed having friends. I missed having like connection with people. And I believed, and again, up until two weeks ago, I realized that like, I believed I had to succeed and make a certain amount of money to be good enough to be accepted, to Mm -hmm. be seen, to be validated, to feel like I belonged. And that's, that's where a lot of this like proving energy came from and yeah. why it was so like detrimental and why I've been so frustrated that it wasn't working. Cause I'm like, why am I not good enough to do this? I've already built a multi, I've been making multiple six figures for 
years. Like I, I, I'm very successful. If you like my definition of success, if you look on, like, if you look outside looking in, it's like, what is she talking about? And I've had coaches tell me that like, Melissa, people wish they had what you have. You hardly have to work right now. Like you're people have said, Mm -hmm. like, you're practically retired. Like I, I work, we talked about this. I think I told you it was like maybe 15 hours or like a week. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, like a month. And you're like, what? (laughs) What? Like that's, that's where this aha and this breakthrough was so huge because I am so grateful. I'm living my dream life. I have more space and freedom than I've ever had in my life. It feels amazing. But why am I so attached and frustrated to like why this other thing just doesn't, Mm. there's something there. And that's the aha. It was, I wasn't doing it for me anymore. I was doing it for validation and to fit in and to belong instead of doing it purely for me. And that's the ownership full circle. Nice bow. (laughs) Put a bow on that. I think what is so fantastic about this, where this is going to be so um, helpful for sure. And, and to affirm, yes, this is helpful, especially because you are putting it all out there. That's the thing. That is the part that that allows people to connect with this. For those of us that are finding ourselves in that place of like, I'm trying, I'm trying the things. And it's it's so tiring. And it's maybe because you're trying to be something that isn't you that you think is going to work, but it's not you. You think it's going to work because you see it work for other yeah. people, but it's not you. Mm-hmm. And so there's this discovery that has to happen of what is you, what is authentic for you. And as you are doing that now, that is this piece of ownership that allows you to show up and say, this is who I am. This is what I do. It's an incredible story. I love it. There's so many more details we didn't even touch in all of this, but we got a real good taste of who you are and all the skills that you bring to the table and and your energy and this amazing story really it's one of the one of the clearest uh transformations that like that that i've seen in the in the people that i work with this this really clear and tangible and practical transformation that you can embrace and uh like invite other people into is from proving it to owning it and i just love how you have taken that and and you do own that and how you've brought that for us today I, I'm incredibly grateful for your time. And for those that are listening that are like, yeah, I need help moving into that place. I need help learning how to own where I'm at in life and who I am. Uh, they're clearly going to want to start a conversation with you. So how should they do that, Melissa? So I always say Instagram is where I spend too much of my time at Melissa chat. Come say hello. I, again, would love to know, like, if you did get something out of this takeaways, whatever it may be. And then I have a ton of free resources on my website. And one of them is a quiz. And the quiz is basically what is the next step in growing your business? And I decided to kind of change it up where instead of like, you have to take a quiz and that's your answer and that's what you get. I'm all about abundance and action plans and you get to sign up for however many of them you want and you get actual tangible action plans of what to do to move through the blocks, whether it's mindset, whether it's sales, whether it's hiring and starting to get more help or leadership. And that to me is the foundation of running a business, but it does start with mindset. (laughs) Incredible. So go there. Your website is... 
melissamachat.com and you can go melissamachat.com slash quiz. Get that. And then that's going to help you kickstart the next thing. And then you're going to contact Melissa and say, Hey, this has been so helpful. I love this. You're going to, um, I, you just, you're continually helping so many people. And the more authentically that you're showing up, I just know that this world is better off for it, Melissa. So I consider it an honor and a, a joy to be in your space. And I just thank you so much for uh, coming on here today and sharing your not boring story with us. Thank you for having me. And you have an incredible gift of getting our stories out of us. So thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been No Boring Stories. I am Alex Street, and we are just getting started. I'd love to know what you thought of this conversation, so please feel free to reach out to me on my website, on Instagram, or in the Fearless Speakers Academy and share your thoughts. In the meantime, honor this conversation, go out in your life, and tell a better story today. We'll see you next time.